are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that long? I was getting there, Beetle. Now, what the holy fuck kind of host are you? I mean, you're Beetle, burying the lead. shit, dude. Someone Chris is... trip, please. Powder. Yes, sir. And Maddie D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have... The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast. Back at it again with episode 159 coming at you as always. Presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Please make sure to check out everything on CouchGuysSports.com. From the daily blogs, to all the podcasts, to the YouTube channel, to the Twitch channel, to the store, and everything else in between that goes on behind the scenes and from what you can look at on your phones, tablets, or computers. I'm your host, Alan Hagan. The boys are together again. Tom Powder Cadmus, Maddie Kiewoom, Maddie DeRosia. Guys, what is going on? Nothing, just getting excited for a Super Bowl week, obviously. Um, no Patriots, as we know, but it's still always a fun week, always a fun um, Sunday night to watch the Super Bowl, even if the Patriots aren't in it. Still a great game. I think it will be a great game this year. I think this is a very good Super Bowl matchup. Definitely will be. How about you, yes. Maddie? You know, it's just sports is happening, and I love yeah. talking sports with you guys. And let me just say right off the bat, last week, Last week's episode, fellas. Wow. <laughs> well, I don't I, I don't want to tell episodes that I'm not able to be on, but I gotta give a shout out to last week's episode. I just had to do it. Yeah. It was a don't, lot of fun. Don't, don't kick me up. Don't kick me off, guys. No, you're not so, kicked off. You, you have no, a place for now, but you're, okay. you're hanging on by a thread. Let's oh, God. <laughs> well, I do have a monitor now. I, I'm like, I feel like I'm high tech here. Maybe I'll just be wow, 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 ready to go. That's why you're hanging on because you finally got the new monitor. You're about to slip <laughs> off, but now you just you got a hand, you got a secure hand on it now. But hey, if I'm you saving check- you guys, monitor. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but if you didn't check out last week's episode, make sure to check it out on all the platforms: YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere else. We had Nick Fitzy Stevens on, Super Pats fan, Super Mass. You can finish that one yourself. But anyways, <laughs> a lot to talk about this week. We got the Super Bowl going on between Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. We got a little bit of Patriots stuff to talk about. Celtics trade deadline coming up, and we may have a little baseball at the end, depending on where things are at. But before we get into the ad read, I have a quick question for you guys. With the Super Bowl, would you prefer it to be on a Saturday night, or would you keep it on Sunday night, or would you make it earlier on Sunday? I'm a, I'm a vote for a Saturday guy. Yeah, I think. Why, why wouldn't it be Saturday? I understand the whole thing with tradition, blah, blah, blah. But 10 years from now, it'll be traditional to have it on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, you're going to talk about huge parties, a lot of fun. And the it's wishful thinking to think we'll have a, a national holiday the day after Super Bowl. Well, if it gets pushed it, back a week, it would be. Right. Yeah, I guess technically if you can get it to get, you know, right before President's Day, that would be pretty yeah. sweet. So that's my loophole. If you can get it to be that weekend, which, you know, you're stretching it, but who wouldn't want more football? Yeah. That would be my compromise. But if not, give me that day off the next day, man. Yeah. I, I have to agree. A lot of people um, go out drinking or partying to someone's house. And it's a tough Monday morning for a lot of people in America. Doesn't matter if it's your team. And especially if it's your team. I know how many times um, Patriots have won, especially since I've turned 21. You get after a little bit more if they if your team wins. And 
I heard, I think a lot of Cincinnati schools are already already canceled school Monday after the Super Bowl, just preparation for everybody just because it's their first Super Bowl and how long or first Super Bowl. It's 91, right? Yeah. 89, I thought. Yeah, it's like late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, it's been a long that. time. And let and the, it's smart by the the te- I mean, your teacher, Al, you can attest this. I think a little bit. You don't want those parents that are out celebrating the potential Bengals Super Bowl victory driving their kids to the bus stop or school the next day. Let everyone no, stay home it, and sleep in. And the funny thing is, is some of these schools in Massachusetts already have Super Bowl Monday off. Some of them really? legitimately take the Monday after the Super Bowl off. Yeah, and some of them powder. You would know. Like, we'll talk about it off air, but there are some schools you would know that you'd be like, wow, they actually take it off. But (laughs) anyways, we got a lot we got to talk about. And one thing that we have to make sure that we talk about is our friends over at Shocked Energy. Yes, we do. Have you ever felt unable to focus? You're tired or you're just low on energy. We understand that feeling and we understand it so well that the Legends Lingo podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guy Sports page network, whatever you want to call us, Couch Guy Sports, and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Jacked Energy is a game made by gamers and podcasters for gamers and podcasters. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boosts when you need it the most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head on over to shockedenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. That's all capital CGSN. Check out their green apple flavor as well as their watermelon flavor. Two watermelon guys and a green apple guy, but mm-hmm. hey, we love our green apple guy anyway. And don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Any country that you can think of, Shocked Energy will ship it to you. That's right, worldwide. Get your Shocked Energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. 10% off, shockedenergy.com, promo code CGSN. So let's get right into it. Bengals, Rams. This is the first Super Bowl in a while that you have two teams that you legitimately didn't expect at the beginning of the season to make right. it to the Super Bowl. Like, really. It, I, I saw something on Twitter today. I think it was a Bleacher Report betting page. The Bengals were like a plus 12,000 odds to make <laughs> it to the Super Bowl before the season started. That's how insane it is. And I thought, and this was just me, I thought the Bengals were still a year or two away. I thought yeah. they needed more offensive line help. I thought that they needed to beef up, especially beef up that offensive line for Joe Burrow. But let me tell you guys something. Cincinnati looks like they're here to stay for the next decade because they look pretty good. And if they do get that offensive line help, they're going to look good. But then you got the Rams, right? Take a look at the Rams and all the star-studded talent they have. Matthew Stafford, a quarterback. You have Odell Beckham at receiver. Don't forget, running back, correct me if I'm wrong, they have Sony Michelle. And who's the other running back they have? It's not, not Akers. What's his name? They have Daryl Henderson and Akers. They got all three. Oh, no, now. it is Akers. Okay, so Akers, Henderson. Yeah. You have, and on defense, you have Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey at corner. Like, you have a star-studied crew. And nobody nobody is talking about this. Sean McVay has been in the Super Bowl before. He was yeah. there uh, three years ago. Yeah. He was there three years ago mm-hmm. when the Rams made against the Patriots and they lost to the Patriots. He's been in the big game. He knows what it takes. Sony Michelle won a ring with the Patriots against that Rams team. Mm-hmm. So the Rams have a lot going on. So when I t- when I see this game, and then I'll let you guys kind of take the floor and I'll be done with my rant. The Rams, I think the Rams have everything to lose. Because you think about it, they got through 
the Bucs. They beat the 49ers. You know, they knocked off the Super Bowl champs and they have all the pieces in place. They should not lose this game. Cincinnati has nothing to lose. Even if they lose the Super Bowl, it's only Joe Burrow's second year in the league. Mm-hmm. First you know, full. How, right. First full. Or Yeah, first full. Because he right. tore his ACL last year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. First full year in the league. So if that's the case, you have Matthew Stafford that's in his 13th year in the league. He's not going to get many more chances. So you need to win it, and you need to win it now. The Rams traded for Stafford because they knew they couldn't win with Jared Goff. That's why they sent him off to Detroit to get Matt Stafford. So when I see this game, and I'll throw my prediction out there, I think the Rams do take care of business. I think it's going to be like a 31-20 type of game. And I think Matt Stafford gets his ring. I think Odell gets his ring. And I think McVay gets his ring. So I'll leave it at that. Whoever wants to take the floor next, uh-huh. take the floor next. We'll go from there. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the floor only yeah. because I, I, I agree with a lot of things you're saying. And when you talk about an aging quarterback, it's, I mean, it's so, it means so much for Matthew Stafford to be in the Super Bowl after 13 years and so many years of, <laughs> slumming mm. in Detroit with the Lions. So, but uh, the one, I guess, devil's advocate, I'll say, why there may be more pressure on a team like the Bengals, no more Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers is even, is even rumored to maybe travel to the AFC. All of a sudden, the Rams don't look, it doesn't, the road to the back to the bowl is not as tough where the Bengals have to deal with Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, maybe Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones. I mean, the, the AFC seems to get more and more loaded where the NFC might not be as prickly as it has in the past. Mm-hmm. That would be my only devil's advocate. But I think at the end of the day, everyone knows Matt Stafford is he's going into this. Like this is his only shot. And we saw it with Matt Ryan. You know, we saw it with Nick Foles, who capitalized. Sometimes you get one, just one. So this is Matthew Stafford's time to put up or shut up. I am actually not going to go with the Rams because I believe we're all tied still, right? Oh, yeah. no, I'm behind. I'm behind because I went with the Chiefs where you guys went Bengals, correct? I think so, yeah. We all went Let me Rams. Look. Let me look. Okay. Maddie went Cincinnati. Or Maddie went Kansas City. Kansas City, my bad. You guys went into Cincinnati. So I have to at least try to play for a a, a tie here. So I'm going to go with the Bengals, ride that magic. Joe Burrow gets it done in a nail biter. I'm talking like march down the field at the end and then the money bags. The big time kicker, the rookie kicker is going to win it for the Bengals. And let's say the over-under of 48. I'm going to say the finals 30. What would it be? 33-30? Book it. Real fun Super Bowl. Real fun. Yeah. Indoors, home team. Oh, here's another thing. The NFL has never had a home team win a Super Bowl. And now they're going to have two home teams win back-to-back? Nah, mm. nah, 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 mm-hmm. nah. That's not how things work, right? No. Nah. So... Um, I agree with you guys with a lot of it. I think Matt Stafford, this is a one and only chance, but it's really cool seeing him third after playing 12 years in Detroit, having some very good teams in Detroit. He had a couple years where they were good with Megatron and those teams where they made the playoffs, but they could never win a game or make it that far. And now he's with a common team, good coach, 
um, and he's in the Super Bowl. But I just think the swagger of Joe Burrow. Obviously, I didn't. I don't follow college football as much as a lot of people. I didn't know who he was until the year he burst on the scene at LSU and just had the most swagger I've seen in a long time of a player. And he and just all just him in the media, big Barstool guy, listening to him on part. Um, part of my take, um, especially right after the national championship, where he is still absolutely hammered in an interview, is <laughs> yep. hilarious. Um, but just, I just think he is just a winner. I just feel like he has that about him, where he was a backup or even Thurston, wherever he was at Ohio State, got out of there and said, "You know what? I want to prove the world wrong. I should not have been that far back at Ohio State. I should have been starting." Went one year at LSU, won it, and then first year I think they're doing pretty good till he tore his ACL, and then this year his first full season, like we said, all the way in the Super Bowl. I just think he has so much swagger about him. I think he's gonna find a way to win this game. I'm gonna be like Maddie. I think it's gonna be a very close game. I think actually it's gonna take a touchdown drive to win it. I'm gonna say the Bengals win. Let's do 28-24. Touchdown drive at the end. Joe Burrow just marches them down down the field, pass to Jamar Chase, touchdown, walk off, they win. All right. So let me put it this way. My heart wants the Bengals to win this. I would love to see Joe Burrow win a Super Bowl in the second year. I just don't know. I shouldn't say I don't know, but it, it seems hard to believe that the Rams are really going to let this opportunity pass up because they've given up everything. They've given up so many first-round picks. They've given up basically their future. They're in win-now mode. Yes. They're trying to win it now. The Bengals are set up for the future, which is good, especially with, obviously, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase at receiver. And, honestly, their defense defense is kind of underrated. Not going to mm-hmm. lie to you there. So, we'll see. It'll be a fun Super Bowl. We're going to tie it back into the Patriots, but I got another Super Bowl question for you guys. Yeah. What is the go-to snack or meal for the Super Bowl? See, I don't have a go-to. I'm usually very uh, open-minded. But I guess if I had to pick one, you're saying I can only have one. I'm going wings. Uh I'll have to go go different. I was going to go wings, but I'll go a little different. Um, I'll share my wings with you, Powder. I'll share my wings with you all day. Are you a spicy guy or do you like barbecue? I like it all. Good. All right. Um, But I'll go nachos to change up a little Mm. bit. Okay. Nachos are good. See, for the Super Bowl, I'm an appetizer guy. Give me all the buffalo chicken dip. Give me all the spinach artichoke dip that you can get. That I can get my hands on. And I know you guys have seen it, but I make a mean buffalo chicken and spinach artichoke dip. It's absolutely fire. Love I can't it. wait to make it again. Cannot yeah. wait to make it again. Good thing when I have putting the videos out there because they see me drooling right now. Oh, uh, <laughs> if you if you're in the group chat and you've seen the pictures, oh, ho, 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 ho. it's so good. But. We're going to tie the Super Bowl into the Patriots because why wouldn't we? We're a Boston sports yeah. podcast. Of course, we're going to make it about the Patriots. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. we? So <clears throat> this name we mentioned, Odell Beckham Jr. Now, obviously, during the Super Bowl press conferences, one thing that came up was him almost signing with the Patriots. And Odell was, quote, very, 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 four varies in there, close to signing with the Patriots because of his respect for Bill Belichick. And he said, basically, if it was three years ago and Brady was still in the fold, it would have been a done deal. So now... This leads me into this thought and then this question. 
Bill Belichick knew that the Patriots needed another receiver, a dynamic, explosive receiver. So my question to you guys is, whether it's via trade or via free agency, or maybe even the draft, does Bill Belichick get a number one receiver? And who realistically do you think could end up in a Patriots uniform in 2022? See, I, I don't think they'll use a first round pick. <clears throat> on a wide receiver, but I'm going to, I'm going to repeat what I said a few weeks ago, Christian Watson from the North Dakota state mm-hmm. university football team. He just absolutely balled out in the senior bowl, you know, reports coming out of mobile Alabama was he was the best wide receiver there. He's going to be a little bit older, 24, but I think that plays into a strength that Bill Belichick would like. They used him. They used him all over the field at North Dakota state end arounds, you know, short yardage passes, long balls. This kid's an absolute stud, stud six, four, uh, two, two, 11. And they think he can run like a four, three, five, four, four, 40. That's who I love in the draft can get him probably second or third round. So that's another guy. That's the first guy. But if I'm going to go free agent, I'm going to go a little shocking here. I think that there's a very realistic chance that Juju Smith Schuster is someone who is, uh, Al that I think you, you take the four. I don't yes. want to guy. Yes. <laughs> Yes, your guy. Yes, give me Juju. Nobody talks about Juju Smith Schuster. Right, he he signed, and I'm gonna let you finish your point just real quick. He signed a one year prove it deal with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's gonna go downhill. Big Ben retired. They don't know what they're gonna do with quarterback. They're gonna go downhill in the AFC North. Yes, give Juju a shot in New England. I think he would thrive here. Continue. Yeah, I mean, you just said it there. He signed a one-year, $8 million deal to prove it in Pittsburgh and got hurt. So, theoretically, he will be on another one-year deal, maybe a two-year prove-it type of deal. Mm -hmm. The kid just turned 25, and I know because of his high reception totals and maybe his not uh, huge receiving yard totals, um, you know, for example, in 2020, he had 97 receptions, only 831 yards. They think he's, like, uh, you know, slow. He ran a 4-5-40. Coming in, he's his best uh, player, you know, that people compare to is like a guy like Pierre Garçon. You know, that's not just yeah. a, a over the middle, nobody kind of that guy's pretty good. And I, I, I'm i in. I, I think Juju on like a one year, maybe eight year, eight million dollar, maybe even cheaper. Maybe you can, you know, convince him to come and he will just fit into this lineup. because He's so versatile in how he runs his routes. Me and Al, I think we're starting the Juju Smith Schuster fan club for here in New England. Bring yeah. on them TikToks, baby. Get, give him, give him the Kendrick Bourne deal, give him the three year. Give him a three-year, $45 million contract. Three years, $15 million. Give it to him. I said, Like you said, he's 25 years old. He has number one receiver ability. That's not the name I had in mind, but I love that as a sneaky dark horse. I yeah. love that. He fits in well. Kendrick Bourne still your over-the-top guy. Jacoby Myers is still your primary slot guy. You have Hunter mm-hmm. Henry. Jono Smith is something. He's, he's there whether you like it or not. He's going he's he's gonna to be better. He's going to be better in year two. I hope so. I hope he, you know, he, he can grasp the playbook or whatever was was wrong in him. He can write, but you know, you add Juju there, you add a little bit of versatility. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be that complete alpha, but I think because of the weapons, he will, you know, produce as one. All right, Powder, what do you got? All right, I'm kind of looking at. I'm on spot track, looking at who's going to be free agents as wide receivers. Kind of, and there's a couple names that interest me. Obviously, Juju Smith. But a couple guys who have potential to be good weapons, um, Will Fuller, I know he's an injury-prone guy, but he has that ability. But A.J. Green's going to be another free agent. He's proven. I know he's a little older. But um, 
couple, and then Sammy Watkins has obviously been good. We he was with Baltimore for a few years, not Baltimore. He was just with Baltimore, but he was with Buffalo for a few years, and he has speed and everything. So there's a couple names I see on this list that might be interesting to add as a real good option for the Patriots. Okay. So I'm going to give you the name that I put out on a blog on Monday, Monday morning. It makes too much sense. Go call Atlanta and go get Calvin Ridley. For real, go get Calvin Ridley. He wants a new start. Mm -hmm. He missed a lot of 2021 because he was taking care of his mental health stuff. That's fine. He has explosive speed. He's a vertical threat. He's your, he's honestly, he's your deep threat. Like there's your guy that can create separation and make big time plays for you. Get Mac Jones, a guy that is proven. He played in the sec. He can play in the best of conferences. Mm-hmm. He need like Mac needs a number one receiver. Calvin Ridley needs a new start. It just, it makes too much sense. What if I did bring this up? And I agree. I think Calvin Ridley's a, a very talented wide receiver. What if I told you he was two years older than Juju Schmidt-Schuster? I still want him. 27? Bring him 27, in. 27, yeah. Bring him in. That's fine. Give him give him a three, four-year deal. That's fine. If you're you in have your to give up a to pick, late, too. That's fine. You gave you a second-round pick, pick for Muhammad Sanu. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I mean, I mean Calvin Ridley's way better now than way Muhammad better. Sanu. <laughs> no, I mean, give that first-round pick. Say, see you later. Blow a kiss to it if you need to. I don't care. Wrap it up in a bow. Go get a number one receiver. Like, my goodness. And this is this all kind of relates because the one piece of Patriots news that came out, Joe Judge, former special teams coach for the Patriots and former Giants head coach, is coming back to New England as an offensive assistant. So now this leads me into our final Patriots question before we move into some other Boston sports. Does that mean this is the end of getting an actual offensive coordinator, such as Bill O'Brien or Chad O'Shea, or maybe Adam Gaze? Yikes. Or is it a case where... You know, Judge will help with the offense, but they still bring in that OC and they work together in kind of like a package deal. So don't forget, Belichick said that essentially, you know, um, excuse me, Joe Judge, he can pretty much coach any position. And he was almost like the guy that was going to be the heir to the throne for when McDaniels left. So now McDaniels is in Las Vegas. Is he basically your offensive coordinator? I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? Powder than Matty. Go. Yeah. It could be a situation where they just don't want to give him the official like offensive coordinator like title, but I could see them keeping with him. But also, you never know. Like they could want him to learn a little bit more because obviously he was good with the Giants, but not great as head coach. Maybe they want to bring in someone else just so they can have a have a real good offense because that's probably um, something they would like to um, improve on, and especially helping Mac Jones. Develop so maybe bringing in Bill O'Brien, who has worked with some good QBs throughout the year years, and um, get him so he can help Mac Jones along. But if you just have Joe Judge calling the plays and being the head guy for the offense, I think he's a pretty good fit for the Patriots coming back to the fold. Listen, as long as as long as Mac, as long as Joe Judge gives Mac Jones materials, so that way he can pull out the gritty like he did at the Pro mm-hmm. Bowl. Yeah. Like, like, give me that content all day long. That was funny. Like, we saw the Pro Bowl and Mac Jones. Like, he doesn't get the first down because it's two hand touch, basically. Yeah. Then he just runs to the end zone, hits the gritty anyway. That was perfect. Mm-hmm. I love that. Go ahead, Maddie. Uh, the only real pushback I like bringing in a guy like Judge. You know, any type of former head coaching. You know, kind of like 
experience you can bring into the room, I think is beneficial. Uh, the one thing I will push back against is I hate these, these goofy titles. Uh, I mean, towards the end of the year, you heard all of these rumblings that players didn't know what defensive coach to turn to. Was it Gerard's defense? Was it Steve Belichick's defense? If you don't have a designated coordinator and there's just proved that it didn't necessarily work a hundred percent last year on the defensive side, why are you going to do it on the offensive side? Just make them the offensive coordinator. But what it probably is, is a way you can pay them. An offensive corner probably comes with a larger pay yeah. uh, scale that you have to bring in. Where an offensive assistant, he pays them nothing because the Giants are still paying them. Uh, but I, I still think you bring in another guy to be the offensive coordinator. And I don't, I like, like, I, you know, I, I agree. I, I like O'Brien. I think that offensively, he's, He's not bad. I mean, just because he wasn't the best head coach of all time, but he took that Houston Texan team to the playoffs. And if it was for Tom Brady stomping him out almost every year in the playoffs, maybe they make a little bit of a run. Uh, I don't know, but he developed Deshaun. I'd love him to see what he mm-hmm. can do with Mac. Bill O'Brien's a guy that has worked with Mac. Essentially, they worked together when they were both at Alabama. So I think it's a great fit. You know, O'Brien knows the Patriot system. Obviously, Mac is going to know the system better in year two. So it's a situation where, guess what? Your ideal situation, this is just me. I think your ideal situation, you have Bill O'Brien as your OC with Joe Judge helping him. Mm-hmm. You have Gerard Mayo as your defensive coordinator because you're not getting Brian Flores because Brian Flores and Bill Belichick, that whole situation, that 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 threw that dream out the window. Yeah. So that that's done. So make Gerard Mayo your, your DC and then have Joe Judge be also the special teams guy while also helping out. I don't know if you can do that, but if you can do it because the Patriots special teams last year, not great. They had more blocked punts than in the 20 years that Brady was there combined. So that tells you that something's not right there. And Joe judge, when he was there, he made sure that things were kept in good shape. So I don't know, but it's going to be fun. Like these next couple months, it's going to be interesting to see, especially once March hits and it's a new league year and then free agency's coming Mm -hmm. trades can maybe come too. It's going to be fun to see what Belichick and the Patriots come up with. Mm-hmm. The offseason is always fun. It is a lot of fun. And we'll, we'll make sure to get all, into all of it when that time comes. But the time now is set for us to talk about our friends over at Exogun. Yes, sir. Legends Lingo Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Exogun. Have you ever done a workout and feel like you need a massage right after? Well, get that massage without having to leave your house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down anymore because Exogun revives muscle boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. It's portable, adjustable, powerful, and trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in-recovery experience. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with our friends over at Exogun. Get 10% off with the code CGS10, that's CGS, all capitalized, one zero, at checkout. Comes with a charger and a carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. All right, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to do a little shooty hoops, a.k.a. the Boston Celtics. So right now, the Celtics are in an interesting position. Boston Celtics are currently 30 and 25. They're fighting for essentially the sixth seed right now. They're a half game behind the Raptors. They're tied percentage-wise with the Brooklyn Nets, who have lost eight straight games. They're just going downhill, which is kind of funny, not going to lie. (laughs) And they have been the winners of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, Five in a row, and they've also won seven of their last eight. So the Celtics are looking really good right now, and they're up 26 on the Nets at halftime. The Nets don't have Kyrie Irving, 
James Harden or Kevin Durant. But anyways, you're still winning big. So assuming the Celtics win this game, they are going to move to 31 and 25, which is going to be good for at least seventh in the Eastern Conference, if not maybe even sixth. The trade deadline. So as we're recording, it is Tuesday, February 8th. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th. So by the time this comes out, the trade deadline is either about to happen or it's passed. Most likely it's passed. Mm-hmm. So let's just say this. We won't say who the Celtics are going to get because there are a few names that are off the board now. Uh, Demas Sabonis, who was on the Pacers, he got traded to the Kings. So that's no longer going to happen. CJ McCollum, not that that was going to happen, but that's a name that was intriguing. He's gone from the Trailblazers to the Pelicans. And there's going to be more moves to come. There have been a couple of names that have been on the market. The Celtics have been rumored to be shopping around. Let me ask you guys this. Who is one Celtic that you think realistically has a chance of being gone by the trade deadline, or you think is a hundred percent going to be gone by the trade deadline. So either, or, because I got my name in mind. And I think you get it started. All right. Dennis Schroeder. That's easy. That's a very easy pick. And you know what? People are going to say that's a square pick or whatever, but you know what? It's realistic. The Celtics are rumored to be shopping around Dennis Schroeder. And they've already said that if Dennis Schroeder leaves, Josh Richardson is, if they don't trade him can handle the backup point guard responsibilities. So they already have a plan in place. And even Schroeder came out and said, it's part of the business. I've dealt with this for nine years or whatever it is. Like it, it, it is what it is. So I think he knows that he's not going to be a Celtic after this Thursday. You brought him in on a one-year deal. You, you got him for a steal. I think if the Celtics were a little bit better, I think if they were right around that, I'll give it six games like that, 37-19 and 19 record, and they were kind of fighting for like a top four seed in the East, maybe they keep Schroeder for the year to try to make a playoff run. But guess what? It's not the case. They're always looking forward. And by the way, they're going to free up some money because that guy in Washington, Bradley Beal, he's getting season-ending wrist surgery. Mm-hmm. He's a free agent at the end of the year. And guess what? Bye-bye. I don't think he's going back to Washington. That situation is not good for him. And guess what the Celtics are trying to do? They're trying to bring in a third star alongside Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Who's the guy Mm -hmm. that they can bring in? I wonder. Hello, Brad Stevens. Knock, knock. Who's there? Bradley Beal's there. Go get him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly, he's there. He's there for the taking. You can sign him. Get rid of some of these guys. Schroeder's the first piece. Ennis Freedom's not going to be there probably after this year. Al Horford might not be there after this year. Get rid of those expiring contracts. Open up the checkbook. Get Bradley Beal in here. Build around those three. So for my pick, just to round it all up, Dennis Schroeder, probably out the door in Boston. Floor's open. Pat, would you like to take it? Would you yeah, like to sure. Take it? I'll go. So okay. the name, I think there's no way. He's a Celtic after Thursday is Marcus Smart. I just think he's been rumored for, I don't know how long, what, three or four years every year, either at the trade deadline during the offseason. It's going to be traded. I just think it's his time. Yes, he's a leader on the team. He's a guy who gets into a game, gets other players into game. But at some point, I don't think he's a Celtic for life. I think this is finally the time where he gets moved and he gets a couple pieces for him and the Celtics use it to re- retool a little bit. So, in my opinion, I don't think Marcus Smart will be back after Thursday. It's a pretty good pick. 
The only contradiction I would say to that powder is a lot of people are saying because of how well he's played the past couple weeks yeah. that maybe he's reconvinced the Celtics, but you can get some value for him. Then yeah, you might as well trade him. Yeah. Maybe sell him high. Yeah. Sell high right now. And especially yeah. he's under, I think he's under three more years for his contract. Yeah. So I mean, what team wouldn't want that if you can get it? Yeah. But all right, Mr. Keywoom, what do you got? I think Josh Richardson will no longer be a Boston Celtic after the deadline. It seems like there is a ton of interest around the guard. Uh, and I think that the Celtics don't really need him long term, so they're going to move him. I will, I have to say, there's one pretty juicy rumor out there that I've read. The Lakers have come knocking, and rumor has it they're offering 20, uh, 21-year-old Talon Horton Tucker, who is an intriguing name. That splashed a little bit in his short NBA career. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, Mass Live, their sources have told him that offer was already put on the table. Whatever. We're not really talking about who is coming in, but I think Josh Richardson is who is going out. Okay. So, Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Smart, so all the guards, essentially. There's a couple other names, I think, that are out there. <laughs> Sorry. Um Aaron Naismith's another name that's been thrown out there. Mm -hmm. Second-year guard out of Vanderbilt. Another name that nobody's really talking about, and I don't see him really going anywhere, but Al Horford's another name. You know, Mm -hmm. they might try to to sell high on Al Horford, especially with his expiring contract if he goes to a contender. You know, I'm trying to think who are some other names that are out there. I even saw Grant Williams was a name that they threw out there, which I thought was kind of shocking. I don't think he gets Mm -hmm. traded, but it's interesting to see his name in rumors. Yeah, the Bucks have rumored to have interest in Mr. Williams' services. Wow, the, the Bucks just like to pick off all the Celtics small forwards and, you know, like and the <laughs> stretch forward, huh? First they take Semi Ojale, now they're going to take Grant Williams. You can't have him. Yeah. He's ours. Take Schroeder. Yeah, take Dennis Schroeder. Take him. Give us that Give guy us... Giannis, whatever his name is. I heard he's okay with I'll even him. I'll even take Chris Middleton. <laughs> you you give me Chris Middleton. He kills the Celtics all the time. So you, you bend my arm, yeah, we'll take him. Exactly, we'll definitely take him. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you something crazy. You ready for this? If you flat out told me trade, and this is going to make me sound like I don't know basketball, but if you'd said straight up Dennis for Pat Cottington, I might take that deal too. You throw he could throw gas former yeah. pitcher. All right, yeah, yeah, former St. John's against, prep. Yeah, playing against him in high school. There you go. But, oh, man, this the trade rumors are going to be interesting. Next week, we'll obviously recap what happened with the Celtics, if anything, because don't forget, it's the Celtics. They're they're the they're like the Red Sox. They're the interest kings, mm-hmm. you know, so we'll <laughs> see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we were going to talk baseball at the end, but there was a there is a hockey thing revolving the Bruins that I want to talk about in a second. But before that powder. Yes. We were talking off air about like good food, like chicken parm and stuff like that. Can you tell us a good place that we can go to get some uh quality food and good pal time yes definitely so a like the legends lingo podcast is graciously sponsored by a and b kitchen and bar um a and b kitchen bar is located in boston right across the street from t guard on causeway street they're a new spot to meet up before after a game for dinner or drinks offering elevate take on traditional new england pub menu of freshly made in-house dishes like chicken pot pie Meatloaf made with organically raised beef from Naaman, ranch local clams, and annoyed sausage or locally caught fish and chips. Draft beers from area brews like Gentle Brew and Beverly Mass, Lord Hobo, and Notch pair perfectly as well. 
looking for patio dining A and B as they raise patio spectacular views of both the garden and the Zakem Bridge. And with heaters, you can enjoy the outdoor seating for extended season. Also, with 32 feet of open garage doors along Causeway Street and 16 feet along Beverly Street, you are able to sit inside but have all the benefits of open air dining experience without the elements. Don't have tickets but want to watch a game amongst fans at A and B. Um, they have nine installed 70 inch TV, so there isn't anywhere they can say is a bad seat. Open Monday through Sunday at 3 p.m., but there's a day game on the weekends at the garden. They open at 11 a.m. Shout out to our good friends at A and B Kitchen and Bar, mm-hmm. A and B Kitchen and Burger. It's a great place to get a good quality meal and be with even better quality people. A and B Kitchen and Bar, make sure to go check it out in Boston and in Beverly. So like I said, we were going to do some baseball, but we actually just found this little tidbit, which is very interesting. And you know what? We're just going to, we're going to go with it. So Tuka Rask had signed for the rest of this season, this 2021, 2022 season. But now according to Pluto Shinzawa, who is a senior writer for the athletic in Boston, uh, this is what sources tell Pluto. Tuka Rask is not expected to continue his comeback attempt with the Boston Bruins. Tuka Rask may reportedly, quote, finalize his retirement decision in the next few days, end quote. So I wanted to talk about this for a few minutes. So Tuka Rask, obviously, beloved goaltender in Boston, beloved Boston Bruin in general. You know, you can put him up there. I think if you put him up there for like 2010 Bruins that were really loved, I think Bergeron's up there. Brad Marchand's up there. And then obviously Tuka Rask is in there too. He's top three, if not top five at the worst. So now he's had his problem with his hip. He's had his problem, you know, and he didn't really look that great in the, in the couple starts this year that he had for the Bruins before he was sidelined again with injuries. So I guess this is kind of a two-part question for the both of you. Is this the right move? for the Bruins going forward, especially when you have uh, Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman between the pipes. And if this is the end for Tuca, would you say his career in Boston was a success? Now I know immediately we're going to be like, yeah, what are you talking about? There are a lot of people out there that are saying, well, Tuca didn't win a cup for the Bruins. So his career isn't, is, is a failure. So I don't know. I'm not one of those people, but I'm just interested to hear what you guys have to think. So once again, is this the right move for the Bruins going forward? And what will Tuka Rask's legacy be in Boston? So whoever wants it, go ahead. Maddie, you got this first. So I think it's the right move. It, 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 you know, Rask came back so late because he had major surgery. He needed a major mm-hmm. hip problem, if I'm not mistaken. And it just, yes. I, it just felt like this was inevitable, that he would either be sidelined, shelved, you know, or hold back the team because he's not fully healthy. So I think this is probably the best move. Omar has been playing better as of late, and I've always kind of been a Swayman fan. So I think it's the right move. As far as his legacy, I am not educated enough on the game of hockey or him as a player to necessarily say so. But what I can say is I'm a big Boston sports fan, and I hear – and talk to a lot of people about their opinions and their takes on Rask and the Bruins. And this is throughout the years. This isn't, you know, recency bias or anything. It, I think, I don't, I thought he was in, I don't think, I don't think, let me just 
from what I've talked to people and how people talk about him mostly to me, he was a failure here in Boston. Oh, and two in the, in the Stanley cup and people always just seem to hate on him. They just always call the radio kind of talking bad about him and always hated on him. He had that time where he was like sick and backed out of a huge game. And I don't think it was a success at all. Now, I guess he's a really good goalie, and the people who know hockey will probably attest to that. Um, I'm not an expert at all; barely even played. I don't even know if I've even, I don't even know if I could even stay up on skates, let alone block. I, I, I can't either, so I'm with you there. So you know, I'm not the guy to necessarily. I'm not saying this is my particular opinion on unrest, but from what I've gathered, at kind of just being an unbiased fly in the wall, he was a, his legacy is not a, a success story here in Boston. Yeah, um, I think it's time for him to hang up. I think him coming back from a major injury gave his best shot. I think shows his team player wanted to help them win, but just I think he realizes he is not there anymore physically to help the Celtics win or Celtics Bruins. Wow, that was bad. Um, help the Bruins win anymore. So I think he should just hang up. And for his legacy, for me. Like, obviously, you want to see him win a Stanley Cup, but I think I don't think it's necessarily his fault. Yes, he is a goalie. He is that player that's um, the biggest part of a hockey team, but I don't think necessarily some of it's on him. I think they easily could have won the Stanley Cup against the Blues. What was that, 2019? I think they should have won that series um, against the Blues. Um, I don't think that's on him. And even what was it the Blackhawks one that they were they were literally what what like five not even five minutes away from winning that when the Blackhawks scored two goals in a minute to um, give them lead in Game Six and they won in Game Seven. So um, I just think Tuca is I think like how David Price was with the Red Sox like just hated because yeah he didn't deliver in big moments but he had a lot of moments if you look back that made him a good goaltender and a good Boston sports player. Like, I think he fit the culture very well for what we want as Boston sports fans. So I would say his career was a success, even though he didn't have a ring. Dan Marino, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, never won a ring. And I think most people say his career was a success. So. Good analogy. And you know what? There are a lot of pro athletes that don't win a championship. So that's completely understandable. Yeah. I guess the thing that I would say is this. I think Tuka Rask's legacy here was a success. You know, I think that he had some really bad breaks go his way in those two Stanley Cups because I think in the Blackhawks one, I think it was game six, and they were like a minute and a half away from forcing a game seven, winner take all in Chicago. And then with the Blues one, I'm not blaming Rask entirely, but you take away a a Brad Marchand turnover at the end of the first period – of game seven of the Stanley cup finals in 2019. He that's, that could be the difference in that game because don't forget the Bruins only scored one goal. That's it. They scored one goal in that final game at home in the Stanley cup. So with Tuca, you know, I think he is, he was in some bad circumstances, but I think overall, like he's up there for wins, goaltender percentage, like saves mm-hmm. everything, all the yeah. records in Bruins history for goaltending. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to say that he really was a failure, but I can see that other side. But you know what? The injuries are just too much for him. 
He tried to come back. It is what it is. You know, I, I think with Allmark and Swayman, I think I know Maddie, you said you like Swayman. I like Swayman too. I think he's the future, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it gives, you know, I think he wanted to give it one more chance with Bergeron and Marshan because they're not going to have many chances left. I think this might be their last chance, honestly, this year. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but you know, if this is really it, thanks for the memories too good. You know, you gave us everything you had and, it's a shame that they couldn't get a cup for him. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. Anything else you want to talk about before we head out for the night? I think that wraps yeah. it up. Yeah, I, I, I think we need to get that Bruins little Bruins segment in there. No, it's huge. We had talked about that pre-show, so we did. It just shows you how much of a, yeah. a profesh Al really is. Yeah. Yes, you know. People don't say that very often. They say that I I, I wear a cape, but you know what? I, I try to downplay it. You know? Not all heroes wear capes. Exactly. No, I, I'm not that much of a uh, a jerk. Just a little bit. But, <laughs> anyways, make sure to check out everything on CouchGuysSports.com. Once again, all the blogs, everything. Maddie has a couple podcasts. Powder is going to get back into writing. I, at yeah. this point, it's becoming a bit, but I, I think he's actually going <laughs> to get there at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I I write in podcast and do everything. We're all busy. Like the three of us are very busy, so I completely understand. But. Make sure to check out everything. Make sure to rate and subscribe to the Legends Single Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and everywhere else where you can subscribe to your podcast. Make sure to check out everything. Again, couchguysports.com. Shout out to our sponsors, Shocked Energy, Exogun, and A&B Kitchen and Bar. If nothing else for episode 159, that is Tom Powder Cadmus. That is Maddie Kiewum. I'm your host, Alan Nahigian. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 160. Yes, sir.